Hello and thank you once again for tuning into the Reptile Living Room. I am your host as always, John F. Taylor. And this week we are brought to you by Herpeticulture House Easing, the only magazine that concentrates on the content, not the advertisements. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at herphousemag.com. Once again, that's herphousemag.com. And this week we continue our Fear of Snakes series with uh, Mr. David Manley, who is a freelance science journalist. You can find him at uh, David Manley's blog.blogspot.com once again it's David Manley's blog.blogspot.com it's uh, called The Definitive Host he writes a num- uh, number of scientific articles uh, for various uh, outlets such as uh, Scientific American Blog the guy's just a phenomenal writer you just have to check him out and of course the uh, links will be in the show notes for you guys to check those out and without further ado here is David Manley on his take with the fear of snakes. Today we're on the phone line with uh, Mr. David Manley, who's a, a scientist, writer, uh, journalist, uh, extraordinaire. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I first came across you uh, personally, David, from um, the article where you interviewed Dr. Brian Fry about venom, which was yes. highly intriguing. And that was on Scientific American, correct? Yes, it was. Okay. And today, of course, we um, that led to us exchanging emails and you know various communicating along the way. And today, we're going to talk to you about uh, fear of snakes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I guess the best place to get started um, is, you know, where does the fear of snakes come from in humans? In your uh, in your experience? Well, that's sort of a two part question. The first one for me is I was never really afraid of snakes because I grew up um, in a very sort of nature-oriented house. And when I was a kid, I was obsessed with dinosaurs, like full-on obsessed. (laughs) So I loved, I, I, I was the kid at the museum who would correct the tour guides saying, actually, that's a T. rex, not an Albertosaurus or whatever. So that gradually transformed into a like and even obsession with scientists, uh, with uh, science and animals, specifically uh, reptiles. Okay. So because of that, I, I've worked and I've held and I've done all sorts of things with a huge variety of animals, and I've never actually been afraid because through my research and all that stuff, I know that they are animals. So if something happens, it's not their fault. They are just responding to the stimuli. Right. It's your fault. Right, right. As for how it, how it came about for humans, well, as I discussed in the article, um, when, uh, when we were still, you know, uh, early mammals, not even uh, early man, uh, reptiles, snakes, alligators, crocodiles, all that stuff was mm-hmm. extremely dangerous. Right. So a natural fear got started so that we would avoid those things at any cost. And fear is actually an extremely healthy thing. Yeah, very because, true. Yeah. Because why would you go out in the darkness when everything's safe by the fire? Oh, very true. So, and plus, a huge variety of snakes are dangerous. Mm -hmm. Poisonous or uh, constrictor, 
Raiders, you know, could mm-hmm. literally strangle the life out of you. So it's healthy to stay away from all snakes. That said, it's not necessarily the best thing to be afraid of something like that. So it's a natural human thing to stay away from quote dangerous animals like snakes, crocodiles. Right. Uh, the, the same can be said about spiders. Why so many people have a fear of uh, insects and spiders because some of them are dangerous. So why not avoid the entire thing? Ah, uh-huh. okay. That that makes that clears it up the heck of a lot actually. Now, uh, do you think it's more widespread in some cultures versus others? Well, we all came from sort of the uh, human beings evolved in Africa, right? Right, right. So, there are, in Africa are some of the most dangerous snakes in yes. the world. Africa and Australia. Right. So, those cultures which have to deal with some of the most poisonous snakes, um, I wouldn't say have a fear, really, but sort of a mutual respect, especially the in Australia, the uh, aboriginals. They have a huge respect for the snake. They give it its own space. They realize just how important an animal it actually is. Mm-hmm. And they respect it, which is key. It's I wouldn't say that anybody should be afraid of snakes, but I would say you should respect snakes because they have their own place in the ecosystem, mm-hmm. just as we do. Right, very definitely. And do you think it could be um, potentially a learned behavior as well as a uh, instinctual one? Oh, absolutely. Um, we all know the story of Adam and Eve, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly with, what I was referring to. Yeah, with the snake in the Garden of Eden. All right. And snakes have, uh, starting from that, have gone, you know, a fairly bad rap. Yes. I mean, they, they are not the most aesthetically pleasing creatures to most people, present right. company excluded, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, um, I mean, religion is a huge thing. So I won't get into that, but, sure. you know, they're low to the ground, they have the forked tongues, they have no limbs, which is, you know, very distracting to some people. Right. And if you really think about what a snake is, it's basically a long tube with teeth. So uh, an old professor of mine used to call them intestines with teeth. <laughs> and, and that freaks a lot of people out. That's actually a pretty accurate statement, too. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, especially in, uh, I have, I know some people who have been, uh, bitten by, uh, poisonous snakes, mm-hmm. and they, through their social circle and family, when they tell this story of being bitten and close to death, that actually, uh, can help create a fear in those people of being, oh, there's a snake. I need to get away just in case it's poisonous. Right, right. Who may never be afraid of snakes because they because they've been so close to a potential tragedy mm-hmm. with regards to snakes, they then can't become afraid of them. 
Right. Now, there is an actual uh, phobia, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, ophidophobia, which is the actual uh, psychological you know, fear of snakes, whether the person's ever been in contact with a snake or, you know, what have you. <clears throat> Do you know of any of the research that's being done in treating that or anything like that? Well, um, snake phobias and fears, not really, but there is some research going on with regards to uh, fear and how it affects the brain. Mm. I can't think of the study right now. Sure. Um, but I know there are some where, um, well, uh, to give you an example, in the Scientific American article, uh-huh. I spoke to a psychologist, uh, Andrea Letamendi, who specializes in treating people with phobias. Okay. And some of the way that she treats them is the same way you would, um, you know, uh, try to get used to uh, something. Like mm-hmm. cold water, let's say. If there's a vat of cold water, you don't go ahead and jump in. Some people do. Those, those people are crazy. Right. Most people, you know, you'll stick your hand in for a couple of seconds and quickly withdraw it. Right. Put your hand in again for a little bit longer. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the treatment for phobias begins with imagining yourself uh, near the object, whether it be snakes, clowns, anything. Right, right. And gradually working up to actual exposure to the phobia, whether it be snakes or clowns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, <clears throat> in your experience, have you uh, seen any interactions with monkeys and snakes together? Encountering each other? Well... I mean, aside from uh, nature documentaries on the Discovery Channel, Mm -hmm. where I've seen, you know, some monkeys, um, you know, be exposed to, you know, poisonous snakes and run away, or some even, or some um, attack it and even kill and eat the snake. But um, myself, no, I haven't really seen anything. Okay. Yeah, because I've heard stories of, um, and I've actually gotten a couple of emails about people, you know, that heard about the interviews that I'm doing and, you know, sent me links to show examples of uh, monkey groups. I'm not sure how to, what the actual proper term for the uh, number of monkeys together would be, but um, of different species actually mobbing the snake and, like you said, killing it and actually eating it. And it was very interesting. Because, at least from an evolutionary standpoint, a snake against one monkey is probably a fairly even match. Oh, okay. Especially if the snake has the element of surprise. But with a group, the snake doesn't stand a chance. Ah, very true. Interesting. You know, and that it's interesting, you know, kind of looking at it from a different perspective is the uh, rattlesnake roundups out in Texas. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're... <laughs> If you're at all familiar with those, but uh, you know, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like <laughs> you know, a group of monkeys, you know, just slaughtering snakes all day. So, <laughs> wow, very interesting. So you're you're definitely of the uh, thought process that it is a uh, potentially ingrained and evolutionary standpoint. Yes. Okay. 
Very cool. Yeah, Dr. Bondu that I also spoke with was uh, the same opinion that, you know, this is probably something that's left over from, like you both have said now, um, from the evolutionary process of, you know, basically back then, they were eating us. So, you know, we had to avoid them to survive. Yeah, I mean, you know, after the dinosaurs kicked it, and uh, mammals were all small and furry, right. snakes, you know, became some of the most dominant predators, and we were the perfect size for them. Right, right. Now, uh, is there, are there any legends still of, uh, of people being eaten by snakes today that you've come across in your research? And oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Do you remember the movie Anaconda? Oh, dear Lord. Unfortunately, <laughs> I never saw it. I can say that. Thank God. I've, I've, I've seen it. And while it's an entertaining movie, you know, the idea of a giant man-eating snake who has some sort of ulterior motive to go after only a small group of people right uh, makes no sense yeah there are snakes that can be very dangerous right i mean there are some who may not eat us but you know cobras death adders black mambas you know all of their venom is extremely poisonous and if you don't get help you will die. Right, right. Meanwhile, you know, the uh, constrictors like anacondas or even in the um, Florida Everglades, Mm -hmm. the pythons, which are completely overtaking it there. I mean, some pythons in the Florida Everglades have been known to eat alligators. Right, Because they get so big. Mm -hmm. So those, uh, those stories... Even if they may not even be true, uh, some of them are. <clears throat> right. That image of a snake eating a crocodile or a snake constricting or biting um, a human scares people. Because, right. you know, while they're dangerous, you know, most people, you know, while they may be afraid, mm-hmm. literally they do not perceive them as a huge threat to their lives. But when stories like this, when when stories like those come out, as right. well as movies, you know, it can scare people. Right. It's something that a friend of mine calls the Jaws effect. Right. Because when the movie Jaws came out, people became so incredibly scared of sharks that, like the tagline of the movie said, they were afraid to go in the water. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. people would go out and kill sharks willy-nilly just because of that movie oh my gosh so yeah i mean so there are legends of snakes eating people especially you know in the amazon Mm -hmm. with the uh, anacondas which can get big enough to be a threat to people right the pythons in the Florida Everglades, which can be as thick as a concrete telephone pole and right. be as long as twenty feet. Right, exactly. And so you know, that's the danger. Yeah, and that's the thing is, uh, is a lot of people, I think, and this is just my personal opinion, don't understand about the media. Is my dad when I was growing up told me a tagline, you know, kind of like the "afraid to go back in the water" thing, that if it bleeds, it leads. You know, uh-huh. when you're covering news, and it was like, you know, it never. 
I understood it, but it never really got me until I got into into reptiles and I started seeing all these stories of you know where in one newspaper you'll read about oh you know uh, Mark was bitten by you know this little king snake in you know this elementary school because he just handled a mouse, and then three newspapers over in a totally separate county, it's like it progressively gets worse over time. You know, and over the news, and over different newspapers, you know, it's like the story just keeps getting better as it goes along. You know, by the time it got to, you know, three counties over, this snake was lying in wait for Mark to, you know, walk into the classroom, you know, unscrewed the cover of the enclosure, and, you know, just mauled him. And it was like, you know, <laughs> it was really amazing. I was like, man, this is well, getting out of hand. That's the thing with the media. The media loves a good story. Right. I mean, there was one summer, numerous years ago, in which Time Magazine called it the Summer of the Shark, in which there were shark attacks. Now, shark attacks happen every year. Right. It's, you know, just a fact of life yeah. because of um, humans going in the water. But there were no more shark attacks that summer than any other summer. It was just because... And this, you know, I've talked with other journalists and that kind of thing. It was a slow news summer. So the shark attack stories got more ink in the industry because, you know, it's a good story. Man fights shark. Man, you know, has 50 stitches from an attack. Oh, wow. So those became more and more prevalent and more people noticed them because not only what happened that summer. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> now, uh, <clears throat> as far as keeping large snakes, do you do you recommend? Um, I don't want to say unprofessional, but you know, I don't know of a better term that I'm looking for here. <laughs> do you recommend your average person, I guess, uh, keeping large uh, large reptiles or you know any large animal at all, really? Well. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, and, you know, I'm fairly split on that issue. Right. I am all about um, getting people over their fears of snakes. Right. And reptiles, amphibians, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I have helped people get over their fear. But when you possess any large animal, Mm -hmm. it is an extremely an extremely, I cannot emphasize this enough, delicate uh, job. I mean, to be honest, it's a job. Oh yeah, no, definitely. There are so many things that you need to take care of to make sure that animal uh, thrives Mm -hmm. and is healthy. So, I mean, if you want to get a snake, a legal snake, of course, by all means, do it, but right. you need to make sure that you have the uh, monetary resources to support uh, the snake, because many people think, oh, snakes are not that expensive, but you know, it's the habitat. It's the oh my heat. gosh, yeah. It's the, depending on the snake, the diet, whether it be crickets, uh, mice, rats, whatever, mm-hmm. those can add up, and you need the proper space to keep a snake. Right. You can't, you know, just have a snake on the corner of your desk. Right. Very true. 
Well, that's some uh, great insights, David. I really appreciate that. Uh, now, before I do let you go, actually, um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you, is there any books in the works or anything like that for you? For me, I am working on a, a few ideas. Okay. I mean, um, there's a novel I've been working on for a long time, a fiction novel. Okay. But as for uh, nonfiction, um, I've gotten a lot of responses from a variety of people about my experiences as a twin. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, discussing some things and working out some ideas to do something with that, as well as uh, books on animals. But okay. uh, nothing is set in stone yet, so I probably shouldn't say anything. Okay. That's fair enough. Now, uh, where's a website where our listeners could uh, get a hold of all the many articles that you've been doing lately? Well, um, I write for two blogs right now. I have my own blog, which is very easy to find. It's davidmanleysblog.blogspot.com. Okay. Very easy. I'll send you the links. You can have it. Okay as well as the website labspaces.com. Mm-hmm. I write a bi-monthly uh, blog for them about the wonderful world of animals. Oh, very cool. You can find me on there, too. Okay. Awesome. As well as, you know, occasionally I'll, I write stuff for Scientific American and uh, <laughs> other sites like that. <laughs> I love how you just casually throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I write well, for Scientific, Scientific American every American once in a while. Scientific American has been really nice to me. They are. They, uh, you know, like I said, that's where I first saw your article, and I personally have yet to publish there, so I'm still, you know, still uh, following in the footsteps. But hopefully someday I'll be on there, and I'll be sharing space with you. <laughs> Perseverance is key. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, so there you have it. That was Mr. David Manley on the fear of snakes. Once again, we are brought to you by her Pediculture House Easing. All the content, none of the ads that you don't want. Check us out, herbhousemag.com. Once again, it's herbhousemag.com. For all your finest captive care reptile articles and some of the science articles as well, uh, do give us a tumble, herbhousemag.com. And uh, next week, we are interviewing uh, Mr. Randy Babb of the Arizona Fish and Wildlife Department. So look forward to talking to Mr. Babb and seeing what he has to say about the fear of snakes. And once again, please do leave some comments on the blogs, uh, reptileapartment.com, reptilelivingroom.com, which you're listening to now, as well as herbhousemag.com. You know, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Leave some comments. Uh, rate us up on iTunes as well. You know, it really helps us out to know what, we, what you guys like and don't like. So without further ado, we will see you at the show.